0: It's all good. Uh, so you are fresh off seeing a uh, a film, right? 19, yeah,
1: 1917 ended for me less than an hour ago.
0: Wow. <laughs> so uh, I don't always have my thoughts on movies uh, congealed that quickly after seeing them. but Oh, I do. Okay. I... <laughs> okay. Well, I saw two theatrical releases, and considering this is January, which is usually like the movie dumping grounds, they were pretty darn good for for january movies
1: yeah i mean weren't they they're both technically 2019 releases which is rather good
0: right right (laughs) um so what do we want to talk about first we want to save oscar noms for the the end
1: yeah let's let's do just mercy 1917 oscar noms that's my that's my proposed schedule
0: sounds fantastic uh who wants to introduce uh well you want to jump right into 1917 since it's fresh
1: Um, just mercy first. Okay. Then 1970. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Potty break maybe. And then,
1: oh, let me tell you about potty breaks. (laughs) I, so first off I have to go to the bathroom all the time. Like that is just who I am. And so I don't know what I did. I I tried to be careful, um, prior to this movie and it's not a very long movie, but we're getting down to like the last 20 minutes and I'm like, I'm I'm not gonna make it, not gonna make it. (laughs) So I knew I it's had
0: designed to... that you can't go to the bathroom. Right. I
1: know it It was so intense. And so I waited through what I knew I needed to see the, the famous run across the battlefield. I knew I had to wait for right. that, you know, yeah. and that was completed. You know, he's looking for the brother. And so that's when I decide I'm going to dip. And so I go at the bathroom, come back. By the time I got back, he'd found the brother. So mm-hmm. I guess I don't know what happened in the interim, but it didn't seem okay. like I, it seemed like I took a pretty good uh, a good opportunity. Did you miss the
0: whole singing scene? Yeah, that no, was before that the was before. before yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. But we've gotten ahead of my schedule.
0: Yes. Let's, oh no. Let's oh, look no. at Just Mercy, which okay, is
1: yeah. a remember everybody a 2019 legal right. drama directed yes. by Dustin Daniel Cretton and mm-hmm. starring Michael B Jordan, Jamie Fox, um, and other names I don't know. Rob Morgan, Tim Blake Nelson, and Rafe Spall. And oh, and of course, Brie Larson.
0: Yes, and this and uh, Ice Cube's son.
1: Oh, right, Uh, that guy. I I forgot about that guy. Yes, Um, it tells uh, the true story. Prize
0: Republican from Longshot.
1: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm putting it all together. Um, (laughs) It tells the true story of Walter McMillan, who, with the help of young defense attorney Brian Stevenson, appeals his murder conviction. So I wasn't totally excited to see this movie to be honest. I just feel like there is extreme injustice and racism in the world and it is deadly and it is frustrating and, you know, it just grinds your spirit to the ground. And so people experience this in the world and I and I'm just like, do I want to watch it in a movie? And usually my answer is, ugh, no thanks. And I get that that is pretty pretty privileged thing, but here I am. So I did go to this movie because you went to it. And I ended up uh, resonating with it more than I thought. I found it to be pretty moving in the end. And and yes, just as uh, frustrating and rage-inducing as I expected.
0: Your your comments resonate with me. Uh, I thought it looked solid. Another heavy movie. Another movie. I'm noticing that... I'm noticing, but I just think there's this trend in movies we've been talking about in late 2019 and now that cover social issues and important things. And they're getting, uh, I guess movies have always been this way, but I feel like especially now, movies feel like they have to confront things with a little more uh, seriousness. And like, it's not just hardship as a backdrop for a human drama. Like they really want to sink their teeth into the issues. And I think that's where this movie shines—is the way that it shines a light, not just on the fascinating and uh, ultimately inspiring story of this one person, but alarmingly and depressingly and distressingly on the broken systems. You know, there's been a lot of movies like that, like The Report and Dark Waters, where it's a you could just. To me, they're like the movie version of the GoFundMe, the successful GoFundMe for somebody's, you know, aunt's cancer or something. Mm -hmm. You can look at it as, oh, they raised the money and she got the treatment. That's great. Or you can say, wait, what kind of nightmare are we living in that this is how people have to get their health care? That's the same thing. Like, oh, it's a great thing what the lawyer did in Dark Waters. But what an insane world we live in where it takes one, you know, corporate lawyer of conscience to kind of turn against the system. And that's kind of what this movie is in regards to death row and the, and the justice system in general and racism and uh, institutionalized uh, stuff like that. It is a very uh, inspiring story, but it's also a very distressing, like the the weight of, of all the title cards at the end. Right. Uh, the, the work this guy continues to do. And, you know, it says that he's gotten what, 140 similar cases overturned. Great. And that sounds great, but that's a tiny number. Uh, you know na- on a national kind of comparison
1: yeah you put it so much better than i did that that's exactly what i mean that this this is inspiring but it's a shame that it has to be it's right. a sh- you know you're just watching every cop be complicit in this horrible world where uh, Michael B. Jordan can't, his character just can't even exist in that town. He needs to be threatened and harassed at every turn. It's so obvious that Jamie Foxx is innocent and had nothing to do with this crime he's accused of. And any person, any thinking person would look at the evidence and see it clearly. And yet everyone's just like, Mm, no nope, but i'd rather he go to jail for it and that's just it no no one at any place of authority uh, listens to you and they believe you they just don't care it, it it is horrible i i just hate the world that it shows and i and it's the real world i i hate yep. that and it makes me feel helpless
0: as a film uh i did enjoy it and i think i might be There's certain types of movies where I think I just go kind of basic and I just buy in like a lot of the critical take on this movie is that it's got important subject matter, but it's cliched and it's kind of like a TV movie. Um, And I can see that it wasn't the best script. The performances are very good and winning. I don't think Michael B. Jordan had a lot to do. But my my overall point is that I just bought into this as a drama and I was very wrapped up in it and it was a little slow maybe uh, at first. But uh, I just was interested and you know, uh, buying what it was selling from from the start.
1: I felt like Brie Larson's role is a case of the person who she's based on was probably a really important person in the story and probably Mm -hmm. continues to be an important person in that organization. So that's why they felt it necessary to characterize her. It didn't seem like she had much to do in this story that they told, though. And yeah. What I guess really, what is? I mean, of course, Brie Larson is still a figure. I can't say like what has she done lately, you know. Mm-hmm. But it it seemed like someone of too much big picture stature to place in this thankless, um, almost yeah, unnecessary sure. role.
0: Right, and maybe that was timidity to give the the white hero too much. But just cer- certainly casting her gave it a weight that maybe the the writing didn't.
1: Yeah, the the just the dialogue I had an issue with, and who cares. I just felt like especially a lot of the group scenes like when um, Michael B. Jordan's at Jamie Foxx's house with all of his uh, family and uh, neighborhood that no gathering of people talks like that right. when they're all gathered yeah. in a room together. It 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 struck me as false. But who cares?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, some of the some of the movies on the nose and some of the things just happen. It's not a very artful movie. Yeah. I did appreciate the running a bit where everywhere Michael B. Jordan goes, you know, he's a Harvard educated lawyer who comes down into Alabama. Yes. And he, uh, to, to do this work, most of it pro bono, helping death row inmates get the the legal services they can't otherwise procure. And everywhere he goes, uh, white folks are asking him if he's been to the, uh, to kill a mockingbird Mm -hmm. museum yet. And it's to the point where he just starts to get this, you know, uh, Jim from the office look on his face. That was kind of an, I like that as a clever way of kind of just quickly a shorthand of illustrating what the, the attitudes, uh, you know, here it's the eighties. People thought that they had solved racism and they, you know, not us. We're, we're cool. We have this stupid museum about this fictional white lawyer in our town.
1: Where he actually stood. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It did. Um, I don't think the Alabama tourism board is going to pick up on this film for their advertising. No, because it made me never want to go to Alabama ever yeah
0: yeah also for a movie that's you know height and drama courtroom you know with the musical score and all that I, I thought it was deftly handled the way that things crack and you know again it's frustrating as hell that mm-hmm. it ultimately just takes one character uh, the Rafe Spall character the uh, the, the DA or the uh, the lawyer working yeah. with the sheriff there mm-hmm. that he just has to crack and and admit that the overwhelming evidence says that this man is is not guilty. And I thought that, it you know, it didn't overplay that, I thought. I, I thought that was a satisfying uh, turn. And it doesn't end get into that t- territory where uh, it's white people that need to come in and save the day.
1: Yeah, nor did I feel like he had really had some sort of uh, consciousness raising or feeling like he was making a moral decision. I felt like he was going to make the wrong decision. And for whatever reason, just in the moment, he changed his mind which I kind of appreciate it because mm-hmm. there's nothing to admire in his character. He's terrible. Yeah. And that sheriff is, is even worse. Um, I th- think it's good that the, that this movie is made, that these stories are being told that, um, we can appreciate the, the gifts of our Some of our I say are, that's terrible. Some of, you know, Hollywood's best, uh, black actors, telling these stories and the fact that i don't want to watch it and that it's so disquieted me is certainly something of importance
0: yeah uh there's another movie that i see this being f- compared to and not always favorably called clemency that's just come out mm. and uh yeah so that apparently it's got a the, the critical take is that it's got a more juicy and uh Artful take on similar subject matter, but uh, I'll be—I don't see that one around yet, so I'll be keeping an eye open
1: for it. Yeah, I'm sure I'll go see that sometime or at least stream it.
0: Uh, all right, is that—that's um, just mercy. It's mm-hmm. so time for 1917. I guess I'll give the rundown on this one. 1917 is a 2019 drama war movie film directed by Sam Mendes and uh, written by Mendes and his co-writer Christy Wilson Cairns. Uh, based it, uh, it seems to be implied based on story not a not a true story but based on tales of World War One told by his own grandfather who served uh, in the British Army. It is basically a conceptual piece, uh, filmed and edited to look like it's one continuous shot with a few blackouts and and time jumps that tells the story of two World War One grunt soldiers who are uh, plucked out and given a mission one of them has a brother in another company that's planning a a big attack on germans that is going to be a disaster that has been um i didn't quite understand how the you know the the tactics and how this was a trap and but it's going to be a massacre if they go and they attack it's not going to go well so they have 6 hours 7 hours something like that to run through dangerous uh, territory over the top through no man's land through all sorts of troubled country to find their way to uh, an officer of some kind and to give him deliver him orders from the general to call off the attack. It's very visceral. It's very scary. Uh, Dean Charles Chapman is Lance Corporal Blake. He's the one who um, is uh, selected because he, he has a brother in the other company and chooses as his partner in this mission Lance Corporal Schofield, who's played by George McKay. I think this is a must-see in the theater. It's a, 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 quite a visceral experience. It's uh, the craft of it is very impressive. I have a bit of a contrarian take to to most of the the praise the movie's getting, but I'll just—it's important to say up front—I really enjoyed it. It's really good. It's very definitely worth seeing. I guess before I get deeper into my thoughts, what did you think, Dan? You just saw it.
1: Yeah, I'm fresh off it. Um, I'll want to consider it more. Uh, just my off-the-cuff remarks is it's just an extraordinary filmmaking i don't know if i was distracted by the craft even um Mm -hmm. but the distraction was me admiring the craft and so i enjoyed it throughout i am so impressed with how they were able to follow the actors so closely and there are a few um, places where obviously the the scene cuts but for the most part whenever the camera turns or pans i panic because i'm thinking like there's gonna be crew you know like yeah, like sure. they didn't like they didn't plan this out it's just amazing how many people were involved and what sort of tight spaces they're bringing the camera into and it's as if you're just following the characters on this really exciting journey i thought it was affecting it was beautiful to look at it was uh exciting it was moving um i i highly enjoyed it
0: it is, um, I distracted by the craft is an interesting turn of phrase. I think that might get at some of my, my thoughts. I, I, it is so good and so affecting and so visceral. It's a kind of thing like gravity where I don't know how it will play beyond a single viewing where it's an experience that you have. It's breathless and it's amazing and it's big and you have to see it in the movies. But, uh, I should also mention too, that the, I think they intentionally selected not very famous actors as the two leads, mm-hmm. um, but you do get to see some some familiar British faces along the way as some of the officers: Colin Firth and Mark Strong and Benedict Cumberbatch, a few other recognizers. And I'm reading now
1: that Andrew Scott, who's like my fave of the year, was in it. <laughs> didn't oh, recognize yeah.
0: him? <laughs> huh.
1: <laughs> I didn't recognize him. Was Lieutenant he the? Leslie. Was he kind of, of the? Um, the kind of oh, of course, yeah. He was at the beginning. Gave, yeah, gave him the flare gun priest. And-
0: yeah. Yes. Yes. That's right. He was the kind of uh, grizzled, disillusioned officer at the beginning.
1: Totally missed that in the moment. I even liked him too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like. I liked right. the. I really liked the screenplay. People were a little. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Surprised um, that it made it into screenplay. You shouldn't, you know, with uh, a best picture, right. best director, you know, highly nominated movie. Yeah. But. It, it was difficult to come up with things for the characters to say when they're traveling in real time and there won't be action every second. Right. But in life, people shoot the shit. And right. this movie did that very well while also being revealing between the characters where you're learning things about their lives and the things that are important to them and things that will be emotionally impactful later. Right. I appreciated how quick the exposition was. I feel like they were off on their mission within the first mm-hmm. five minutes. It's not like we had to wait around and waste time for everything to be set up. They were just right yeah. off and then it didn't stop really.
0: Yeah. Such a hard, uh, needle to thread writing wise, as you right. say, like you don't get all, you don't get all the cheats that you usually get with montage or fade out or right. come in the middle of a conversation. You, you don't have any of those little, uh, outs or lifelines, um, but yeah, in that sense, it's incredibly efficient and, and well done. And it puts other scripts from the past year to shame. I think my number right. one complaint about movies lately is half-baked scripts that needed more attention before mm-hmm. they were shot. Um. So yeah, I guess in the end, my thoughts are overwhelmingly positive. I do feel like this is sort of a, and this isn't an insult either, but this is kind of like a Spielberg, it's like a director showcase kind of a movie. Oh, it is, yeah. Uh, and I don't know that the emotions always hit for me in the, w- in the way that they did in a less well-crafted movie, like just mercy, which had me crying at the end. Mm-hmm, right. Um, I don't know that I should have been crying at this movie. It was just good. I was with it. I was breathless and I was terrified people were going to get their heads blown off. Like it was very, you know, very good at that visceral war movie, uh, thing, but it also kind of felt. Because it was so crafted, and I was so aware of the craft, it also felt strangely safe at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that's just kind of the nature of of the beast. And um, it's definitely worth seeing now. If you're going to see it, ch- catch it while it's in the in the movies.
1: Yeah, and I here's a few more things. I want to keep singing its praises. I appreciated that I was not frustrated throughout. I felt like mm-hmm. the mission actually ran pretty smoothly. <laughs> as yeah. it went, it wasn't like constantly getting stuck or making it there and then missing or something like yeah. that. I think almost to an unbelievable degree, he escapes danger sometimes, mm-hmm. which I think was, is a critique of mine where yeah. random people kind of shooting at him or coming after him with a gun. Maybe we could have done that a time or two less because they didn't get him. So right. w- yeah. what that's pretty unbelievable. And why, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. I think that's contrivance there's, there is some contrivance and convenience and happy happenstance in this movie that helps keep the plot moving. But I'd much prefer that to engineered frustration and constant setbacks just to make it just to ramp the tension. I think they trust the tension of of what it would feel like to be on this mission.
1: Oh, they totally do. And it, since you're following him like you are, you feel that tension every second. I was reading this thread, um, I guess, from some people who were involved in the making of the film. And, you know, the big battle scene that he's running across the battlefield that's in the trailer and everything. Mm-hmm. And he falls. And uh, someone was writing that there was like a scream in every technical trailer because that wasn't planned. And this was like a hu- the ruining of the shot that mobilized a thousand people. You know, they wow. were going to have to like do it again. Mm-hmm. But he just like stood back up and like kept running and everyone was just right. going crazy. And then they just like kept that as the wow. shot. And like, he got
0: knocked over two or three times. Right, there, right, right,
1: and um, like one of the, I guess, someone claiming to be that extra is just like glad my blunder was like, mm-hmm.
0: you know, now a, a cherished part of the movie. Right, wow. An interesting take I heard from someone was that there is a um, rich tradition in movies about World War One, where famously, the the whole the whole dynamic of World War One was that the the brass you know, the mustachioed British nobles in the, in the general's quarters.
1: <laughs> it's sounds didn't... like you're becoming one of them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's what I got to do. I got to sell it. Uh, they don't, you know, they don't give two shits about the grunts and it's like that class kind of division mm. that was emblematic of that particular war. Uh, and so they're saying in this movie, you have a, a, uh, officer class that's very concerned with the well being of, soldiers and some people wondering if that's really reflects you know uh reality but you did have the the one remark from mark strong's character that uh he should have a witness when he delivers a letter Mm -hmm. because you can't count on the officers to back down from a fight
1: yeah i liked that character there was something kind of warm and comforting about him just for a few minutes Mm -hmm. um i was sitting there thinking to myself huh what was world war one about again (laughs) like because yeah. i have two contexts one is uh downton abbey and the mm. other is black adder and i don't black know that adder, I, got yeah. a, I don't know right. that i got a great history lesson from either of right. them um i'm almost sure they were in europe <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i think yes. it was like about a hundred years ago um the, the, the title confirmed that for me yes. um it's right. titled that way because it actually takes place in 1917 fun fact wow okay yes. yeah that's the, <laughs> the Good. <reason> thank you <laughs>
0: That's exclusive, yeah. <laughs> everybody. That's an exclusive. I hope also. that doesn't
1: spoil it, <laughs> but it uh, it made me wanna, you know, look up on Wikipedia World yeah. War One, and then kind of get overwhelmed about two thirds of the way through the overview, and yeah. think, huh, well, at least I saw that movie. Yeah. So I mean, 1917 did great at the Globes, you know, surprisingly, mm-hmm. with the uh, best best picture, best director duo. Globes don't really matter in that way, but it didn't hurt it us on its yeah. opening weekend to to hit that. I mean, leading up to its opening weekend, um, it got right. a slew of uh, Oscar noms. It uh, was up there with Irishman and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with mm-hmm. ten each of them. Everyone really, this is a year where I feel like way less films are involved mm-hmm. in the conversation. I think that overall, there were much fewer films even represented in the nominations than usual. It seems yeah, like people yeah. have really come along the around the, the five or six that are definitely the favorite and appeared in a lot of categories. Um, yeah. and, and, of course, we got Joker leading the nominations with 11.
0: Yeah. That doesn't feel right to me, but I get it.
1: I get it, too. I feel like I will see Joker again, and now that I won't be as shocked by it because I know what's going to happen, maybe I can watch for something else that other people mm-hmm. saw I don't I didn't hate Joker, I don't think, as as much as I hear other people hating it. But it's it's not a movie that I could hold up and say, Oh, I loved this movie, or I thought this was daring or super artful, or I resonated with it. It's a good piece of art because it made me and a lot of other people feel something. Yeah. Um and, and I can see how it hit in a lot of different categories um mm-hmm. for craft for because it is a well made yeah. movie.
0: I think I hate it. I'll give it another shot. I'll give it another watch someday, but I think I hate it. It's pretentious to me. It's, I, my, yeah, I don't have any positive memories with it. I mean, yes, it's, it is competently made. It is a swing. It's a big swing. What do you think it's,
1: the industry is resonating with? Because it keeps appearing.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Could it be that in some corners, I don't personally get this, but there seems to be this thirst for like, be like, be bold and make a statement, but also be centrist, <laughs> which is yeah. kind of what this movie is, where it's like a big artistic swing, but ultimately it wants to like, it'd be happy if all factions and camps saw something of themselves that they res- resonated with in it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It, it was a hard sit for me, the the coldness and the despair and the nihilism, I, I just I just couldn't bring myself to embrace joker when i saw it but it is our nominations leader
0: yeah there it is um 1917
1: Uh, i want to call out cinematography real real amazing yeah and i mean thomas newman with that score i wasn't sure about Mm -hmm. the score in the beginning i thought it was kind of anachronistic i thought why why do we have such a contemporary sound Mm -hmm. for on this movie but by the end i was loving it i thought it was building the tension and the drama just beautifully And I like me some Thomas Newman, you know, back 20 Mm -hmm. years to um, Mendes' last big flick.
0: For me, this was an excellent experience. I'm very glad I saw it. I might see it again. I I might not. But it's not going to stick with me. It's not like an all-time movie. And we got some all-time movies this year. We got Mm -hmm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We got The Irishman. uh, We got Parasite, which are movies that, you know, I feel like this is an incredibly excellent execution of something very traditional taken to a heightened next level that is a great accomplishment and well done, sir, and accolades for it. But there's all it's not to me the kind of movie that I'll carry with me, you know, and be like, I'm so glad. Like I'm glad I'm in a world where uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood exists because that's mm-hmm. kind of like I'll go back and wrap myself in that again and and enjoy.
1: Yeah, this one for me has the advantage that I just saw it you know i'll need a little time to pass to kind of think well where would i even rank it or if i'd rank it at all among the 2019 movies the the story's real thin on purpose it's not um a very compelling tale what's compelling is the journey and the way it's told and the uh and the craft and directorial achievement for sure but there's nothing you're right nothing daring about it um story or content wise
0: yeah so we've already touched on Oscars a bit, but uh, what else is there to say? For me, it's mostly about what's not, what's what's kind of absent from the conversation. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. uh, Aquafina's not there, uh, Jojo Rabbit isn't there at Jojo all.
1: did, Jojo did all right. Uh, did it? I mean, so it's, uh, I mean, best picture, right?
0: Oh, it, it yeah. is? Okay, I didn't. Yeah. All right. I guess I am overwhelmed by Oscar nominations now. All I don't right. know why. I find it let hard me, to hold them all in my let head. Let me
1: lead you through it. All right. Um. So it did get a supporting actress and adapted screenplay. It got uh, costume design and production design and film editing, which is super mm. important. Mm-hmm. Um. Once upon yeah. a time in Hollywood missed editing, which kind of made me think, eek, yikes. That mm. doesn't mean it's it's dead, but it's doesn't it, it, it's not the front runner that I would have called it. I would have said, oh, it's over right. probably um pre guild results Mm -hmm. but jojo rabbit i mean with it got the um globe nomination uh for best picture it got the dga which is very important um instead of todd phillips and then Mm -hmm. it got through with picture and a screenplay and editing so i would it's up in the top five or six for sure
0: then i take it all back i've got my uh my big foam jojo rabbit hand on and i'm waving my flag
1: yeah um what else uh where's lupita yeah i know i i'd I'd hoped that that could happen that seemed a little bit unlikely she wasn't hitting the right places in the precursors yeah and it's you know the the horror bias and us probably wasn't getting in anywhere else and 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 there's a lot stacked against her but she gave an amazing performance um different but similar placement as like tony collette last year who people had kind of held on to for hereditary and then didn't make it through. There's always Mm -hmm. seems to be one big horror performance that people kind of hope for and shows up in some critics awards, maybe a precursor or two, and then
0: doesn't make the Oscar lineup. I'm disappointed not to see knives out in best picture. Um, Mm. I'm glad, I'm glad Ford V for eyes there, but I could have given that slot to, uh, to that.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Um, My guess is Knives Out was probably the next under the threshold. Mm -hmm. And I think so Awards Daily's um, simulation based on their readers' picks managed to get 10 nominees, which is really hard to do mathematically with the way that Mm -hmm. they select. So there need to be between five and 10. And ever since they've done that, there have always been eight or nine. So mathematically, it's possible for a tenth to cross the threshold, but it's extraordinarily unlikely. So that was kind of interesting how awards daily's uh, results hit that sweet spot and got a tenth in. Um, and it was Knives Out. Um, incidentally, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I'm just assuming that that was the tenth. <laughs> yeah. Um, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but my guess is that if if the Academy could have pulled off the same mathematical feat, uh, Knives Out would have been in the one that got in um parasite did well um it got what yeah. it needed i i sort of had held out hope that maybe it could get somewhere in the acting lineup and it couldn't but it does have mm-hmm. a sag um ensemble nomination which means that actors do like it which is good news for it and who knows i mean where where that'll all end up if do, yeah. so do you think that parasite is either somebody's number one choice or it's not in their top five do you think mm-hmm. it's like a movie like that
0: maybe yeah yeah
1: because it's those first place votes that matter right. in, for the winner and you need to be in second and third place on everybody's ballot so that as choices get eliminated and ballots start getting redistributed, you you end up helping
0: the winner. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody feels like they need to be charitable to it. You either love it no. or you're doing other stuff.
1: Right. I feel like maybe there are parasite people and are there people who are going to place it in second who didn't place it in first? I'm kind of thinking if you're someone who wouldn't place Parasite in first, it's not your second. I don't know.
0: I'm guessing it will take international film and not Best Picture, but I, yeah. I would I would love to see Pain and Glory take international picture. Right. And then.
1: Oh yeah, if if Pain and Glory wins international, I mean Parasite has won Best Picture at that mm-hmm. moment because to me that is the only reason why it wouldn't win if people didn't want to check it in two places.
0: Yeah, animated feature.
1: Oh yeah, no Frozen two,
0: no Frozen two, and Klaus in there.
1: I know. I was surprised by that. I didn't enjoy Klaus. Yeah. Do you think it'll still just be Toy Story four?
0: Yeah, I mean, Missing Link has that Globes bump, but I don't think that applies to, to Oscar stuff so much. And I'm looking, at, I mean, I lost my body would be a nice upset, but um, I think Toy Story four gets it.
1: Did Toy Story three win the Oscar?
0: Uh that's a good question. It did. Right. Yeah. It was almost ten years As ago. As a movie, I think this one was superior, but uh I don't know how the yeah, I don't know how the politics of that category works.
1: I mean The Godfather and The Godfather 2 both won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> Toy Story Three and Four, it's pretty much the same thing.
0: All right. Um well, what are your overall vibes? Closing remarks on Oscar nominations.
1: To me there was happy? nothing yeah, I, I was happy. To me, there was nothing super exciting about it. Um I'm in the camp of someone who uh, doesn't feel like little women got snubbed (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, in any sort of way. Uh, Greta Gerwig has had her first two films nominated for best picture. She has a direct best director nomination nominated for both screenplays. I mean, Mm -hmm. who, what person, what director of any gender has received that kind of recognition yet at this stage? I I think she's doing all right. Um, Bigger conversation about how, um, of what good means and of what things are awards worthy and how do we get people to put things to the top of their ballots? Do you do it for inclusion or what? Because when people are just like, oh, they, they, you know, didn't nominate uh, enough people, enough women, enough people of color, et cetera. I was like, yes, but a lot of this is based on first place votes and you need to, someone to list you first, and a lot of people to list you first to get nominated. That's how you get nominated. And was it that many people's first place choice? If it wasn't, should they are they to be shamed? Does that mean that they're racist as an organization? I mean, maybe they are, and that's why you weren't their first choice. But to me, maybe not.
0: Yeah, I mean... That that conversation was kind of put into the spotlight and illustrated by uh, Stephen King's comments on Twitter yesterday. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? About well, uh, right. oh, I don't judge according to diversity; I judge according to quality, and I can see both sides of that. I can see the side of yeah, you you go by the merits of, of what you feel about a piece of art, but on the other hand, where did you get your notions right. of what is quality and what is mainstream, what is normal? Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. right,
1: right, and that's what comes down to um, the absurd subjectivity of of all of this because of mm. course every voter gets to choose what they think is best and what they think is best has been formed by something so how would we challenge that or grow it um or how would we bring new people and uh voices people with different opinions people with different visions of quality people who are looking for different kinds of stories into the academy's membership and the academy yeah. to me has taken some steps um to diversify their their voters right. and and so it's it's an ongoing journey i think the academy will never win hmm. i i think that um this is a good set of nominees that reflects the conversation um critics groups i mean they're critical to the end they award whomever they award and then they're mad when other groups don't award someone different. Mm -hmm. You know, if you wanted to raise up women and uh, people of color um, critics who are now critical of the Academy, you should have given them your critics awards so that they had been, would have been thrown into the conversation and Mm -hmm. would have, people would have considered them, made sure they moved those screeners to the top of their piles because they'd been hearing buzz. You know, that's how critics influence the Academy. And instead, they made all the same choices at their critics groups. And then they are upset that the Academy didn't make a different choice than they made. And it's really hypocritical.
0: It's also harder for me to buy into these narratives. It was easier for me to buy into these kind of narratives when the movies in question were things like Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm -hmm. I feel like this year, the movies are so good. The movies are so interesting. It's a glut of, of good new cinema. And so it's going to just be a subjective, you know, battle royale.
1: Yeah. Last year to me, wasn't a great year. If I think back really, what was my favorite movie? Maybe black (laughs) Klansman. Mm -hmm. If you know, but greens, green book, I didn't hate like other people did. I thought green book was fine. Roma. i more admired than enjoyed Bohemian Rhapsody. I think I watched it uh, drunk and sort of enjoyed (laughs) it. (laughs) Mm hmm. And Black Panther, which was, of course, a great experience. I think it had an uphill battle to have Best Picture. But these are not the same movies as mm-hmm. the slate that we have this year. There are movies that didn't make it this year that would have made it last year. Yeah. Uh, February 9th are the Oscars. Right. And we've got um, SAG results on Sunday. Oh. And I think PGA is announcing on Saturday. So quite a bit will be cleared up. If um, Parasite wins SAG and PGA, then it's mm-hmm. winning the Oscar easily. Um, mm-hmm. or really, any if anybody is able to do that, um, it's I mean, if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood does that, then it's done. Yeah. Um, so we shall see.
0: Well, Dan, thanks uh once again for your your Danness, your thoughts, uh, and your
1: I, I love your Joshness to too. Share them.
0: <laughs> Thank you. All right, this has been our podcast, and uh, we saw some good movies in January. We'll see if this trend can continue. I don't. I'm looking at the next week of what's available, and it's not looking so hot. So, I mean, uh, this hopefully.
1: is still 2019. You know, now know, we're yeah. now we're hitting the January dump, and I right. enjoy the bad movies at this time yeah. of the year.
0: Will I we get a serenity them. this year?
1: <laughs> I know. I or what's our uh, replicas? That yeah. was great. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. And then by the time it was time for us in whenever that was March, maybe I was very ready for it.
0: (laughs) Uh, I I do like that big movies and stunt movies and original movies are not, you know, all relegated to any particular season. So you can get uh, the next great movie just about any time of the year now. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll be back. We have been Dan and Josh. You can follow us both on Twitter and letterboxd. The show is at holds up pod on Twitter. Music's by Jonah Rapino. And that's it. Goodbye.
1: sparkly,